recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you were listening to the VMR Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 597. My name is Eric Nelson. With me today, I have my regular co-host, Corey Romero, the best co-host in the entire planet. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Corey Romero, how are you doing today? Hey, Eric, doing fantastic. Yeah, things are well here in Utah. And uh, yeah, turning along with the weather, weather's starting to turn around and warm up a little bit. Cool, cool. That's good. That's good. Uh, weather down here in uh, uh, northern, southern, I don't know where we put it, mid-central California is beautiful. It has been 72 degrees, blue skies, no more rain, no more anything. So we're looking really good today. Beautiful weather, blue skies. Uh, on the show today, we're going to be talking to Rudy Martinson. Uh, he's a PSO consultant for VMware, and he has a great blog. You can go to, I think it's RudyMartinson.com if I'm right on that one, and check out his blog. It's a great blog, and we're here with Rudy today to talk to him about installing Contour on a Tanzu Community Edition cluster. But if you go to his blog, he also has uh, in uh, doing other things on top of uh, Tanzu Community Edition, uh, TCE. So we'll talk to him a little bit about uh, what it means to be running Tanzu and installing things from the package repository. So uh, we'll get to Rudy in a second, but before we get to Rudy, Corey Romero, um, I, my, me and a buddy run, run a rack in San Jose so we can just do fun things. Uh, and uh, we put the... Uh, um, vSphere on a couple microservers there and uh, my buddy's been calling me going like dude our license is expiring we've only got like 20 more days I'm getting super nervous we've got this vExpert license that we're using on our super micro what are we gonna do <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm getting them I'm getting them so so Corey Romero what is the licensing status for vExperts licenses are out um, so licenses are available in the uh, vExpert portal and you can go and choose that. We've got vSphere 6 and 7 there available for you. Uh, so, Eric, your license is there. Uh, you can go find it. Um, uh, speaking of the vXport portal, we're also doing a v, uh, redesign in the portal. So that'll be coming next week. We're going to launch that. Uh, we're doing some testing this week and some further development. So that's happening. And, um, and our sub-programs are closing. Applications are closing on the 28th. So if you're a vExpert and you're interested in getting into a sub-program, go read my mail or if you know about which one you want just go apply uh, go to vexpert.vmware.com and click on sub programs and get your application in so corey we're gonna go full-on craigslist all right just all text lists yes. of stuff nothing else yes. like a wikipedia kind of like no graphics <laughs> just the expert text Not even a logo just right text. in fact i heard that you're making a vi compatible interface right so then a shell interface so that you can just ls minus ltr and you know, and get to see all the latest experts i'm right. super excited about this right and <laughs> that's all brand compliant right because uh the that's brand people absolutely. don't have any problem with just text with green and white text and then hey, as long as we have the right font that's all that matters right right and uh, and and of course you, you, i know personally you've been working on the emacs plugin right so not only that if you if you don't like vi and you want emacs you can go in there and then you know edit your 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 profile using all text-based interface right oh yeah absolutely of course that's good that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah and then tony foster wants an api for it so that that way he can just write his own stuff and it has to be a powershell api no no none of this json file you know 
uh, PHP, Python. No, Tony, no, no. Tony, I got you taken care of. Yeah, this is great. We are super excited to see the new VExpert portal. Uh, as as always, Corey, thanks for doing the hard work and being here. Uh, have you managed to get summer yet in Utah? Uh, no, well, we had, um, so, okay, well, this weekend we're going to hit 73 degrees. Uh, Saturday or Sunday, one of the uh, two. Very good. Um, which very nice. good. Yeah. Because I'm, I've been telling people that uh, I'm getting my Jeep and I'm gonna get the, get my my motorcycle rack, put it on. And I'm heading to Utah. We're gonna go yeah. do riding. July. Since the, right. Since July. So we're gonna go do some dirt bike riding. Yes, we are. Turns nice. All right. Sweet. All right. Well, let's get uh, through the chit chat and let's introduce our guest, Rudy Martinson. Uh, Rudy, thanks for coming on the show and uh, thanks for being a blogger and a V expert. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been uh, in the VMware ecosystem and how did you get here? What does your career arc look like? Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I've been in the working in IT for. A number of years. Um, I actually started my my work career in, as um, in a supermarket. So I got into IT uh, that way, uh, helping out with the cash registers and, and all that. Uh, then after a few years, uh, I actually got into the to the main office to help them with uh, supporting the other supermarkets in in. In one of Norway's uh, biggest, um, largest supermarket chains. So I was there for, for a few years, supporting uh, roughly 2,000 supermarkets across wow. the, the nation. Um, and after that, I um, started working for a Norwegian service provider, uh, approximately five or 600 customers. Uh, Few thousand VMs uh, across a couple of data centers, um, and that was uh, when I also got uh, got started blogging. Um, by yeah, started blogging on on what what we did in our environment, supporting that many VMs and how we managed performance and, and all of that. Um, so, and back in 2018, I was included in the V Expert program, which was uh, super cool. Um, and for the last two and a half years, I've been working with uh, Tuwak, which is a Norwegian company, um, primarily focused on storage backup, that sort of things. But also, we have a, a strong VMware uh, team of consultants, helping customers uh, running their data centers. All right. And I've also been, as you as you mentioned, uh, part of the the PSL consultant uh, contracted uh, side of it for VMware uh, for about a year. Nice. So you're working for a consulting organization out of Norway. Uh, you're in the VMware practice space, right? Um, and then, yeah, you don't work at VMware. You work there, and you engage yeah. on VMware in VMware customer base. It's fascinating that uh, you came up through the grocery store space, right? Like, I think that's uh, interesting. <laughs> I've had a lot of guys that you know worked in hospitals. You talk a lot of IT administrators. They come through hospitals. They take through large gas stations, right? Like where you have thousands of outlets. Uh, Taco Bell, uh, you know, fast food places. Like people think of technology and they think tech. You know, you you don't really think like. By the way, grocery. Stores, 
use virtualization, right? Like they're, yeah. they're running cash registers. Taco Bell was that way. They're running cash registers, right? And it's crazy how um, efficient they have to be per outlet, right? Because, yeah. you know, there's so many outlets that if you spend an extra $300 on anything per outlet, that ends up being big dollar budget that they have to figure out how to do, right? And so it's, it's an yeah. interesting space. Yeah, and, and back then when I worked there, that's kind of it's ten years ago. So obviously things have changed a lot since since then. But uh, yeah, it it was very fascinating being being part of it and watching everything from the cash register itself to to automatically ordering of of new goods and and stuff like that. So it's nice. it's a, it's huge. Nice, nice, nice. All right, so. Um, very typical of your career here been blogging been a v experts for a few years and uh we'll do a shout out to your 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 blog uh which i i, I went to and i know i always say good things about blogs because i'm not going to bring a guest in and tell them their blog is horrible right so i always generally would say but i got to say your blog actually i really enjoyed uh so i would say Go to rudymartinson.com, uh, and uh, you spell Rudy, R-U-D-I, uh, Martin yeah. Sim, M-A-R-T-I-N-S-E-N.com. If you get a moment, uh, you're sitting at your computer, go check out his blog because um, you got a couple of my favorite things that are at that blog. Uh, and we'll get into your article around, um, you know, uh, Tanzu and uh, Contour. But uh, I was impressed by the your vSphere performance blog, right, that's there. You got like a volume one and a volume two, like an older one and a newer one. And uh, it's, it's so rare that actually people spend time focused on performance these days, right? And maybe it's because machines are getting faster and nobody has to worry about <laughs> it. Um, how did that blog go over? Did you get a lot of feedback on that blog? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, and and I, I think that was part of me uh, starting blogging at first, but also uh, what made me uh, the expert. Actually, because well, well, the whole performance series started with me at my previous employer. We're working. We were a service provider, so so we obviously we had a lot of VMs sharing uh, infrastructure. So we needed to have close uh, keep close tabs on on the performance of the entire platform, but also be able to to see individual VMs that would um, that would affect the performance of, of, the, of the platform. And being a service provider with that many customers licensing-wise, we couldn't or wouldn't go for VROps. And, and also, that time, VROps was kind of working on five-minute intervals, which was not good enough for us. So uh, we decided to, to build own solution so so that's that's the whole series me going through how we built it um, and why we built it the way we did uh, and and i think that's kind of my blogging is kind of it, it's part for it's a it's a way for me to to really understand what i have done uh, right to kind of segment the things that i've done so that I have the the best possible um, understanding of it myself, actually, and and if that could help others, then that's a bonus. Yeah, it's kind of interesting when you're writing things and and building slides for training or whatever. It's fu funny, like I know about eighty percent of what I'm talking about, but it's that twenty percent that you have to step back and go, wait, 
I'm missing a yeah. section here that I should probably have in my slides or training. So go back and do some research and find out what you find out. Do you do you ever get some feedback from readers that go, hey, I learned this and they, they give you some feedback on stuff that then because I've noticed that as well, that even when I go start presenting or you know teaching or whatever I'm doing, that I'll always get another 25% of good ideas that I'll go back and then work on my content. Yeah, I do, uh, and and that that can can bring a new topic, or or or, a, or I have to go back and change something I did in in the blog post, and then I learn even more. So it goes both ways, actually, uh, yeah. which is which is what's what the community is all about, I guess. Yeah, and I, I would say that anybody's listening, if you're not blogging, you should just as a good IT practice because it's a it's a way to organize your thoughts, and yeah. many people it's like it becomes my document. It becomes my run book, right? It becomes like, yeah. oh, I need to go back and remember how I did this because I got to do it again. And I've written a nice article on what I did. So it's, it's yeah. actually good for that. So that's kind of neat. Um, all right. So the, my other favorite article, they you know you've got performance, you got V-Realize, you got Tanzu, uh, exam reviews, CKA. I don't even know what CKA is, um, but you can tell me what CKA. What's CKA? Certified Kubernetes Administrator. Ah, I got a cert, 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 I got it. Certification for Kubernetes section there. Good. And you also had a certification area where your exam reviews are you going and getting various VCP certifications, and then you write nice blog articles on what you had to learn, what you had to do to get that certification. So that was pretty cool yeah. as well. And and that's also kind of the process for me. Uh, doing a certification is is all about learning. It's not about that paper you get. So, and that's kind of again back to the the segment what you have learned uh, and just get it through the writing process. Then you then you kind of yeah. Yeah, I, I got to say, every time I bring people on and I look at their blogs, I feel incredibly lazy because I look at everything you guys do and I'm like, how do these guys fit this in? How do they get to all these certifications and they're doing things at the same time and they're blogging about it? It's 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 crazy. So I'll do one more shout out. Uh, and, and I think you mentioned this as part of the V-Expert program. But another one that I thought was great was... Uh, you have a Plex server project that is how to put Plex on Tanzu, right? So I thought that was a fun article, you know, always fun to get a Plex server up and running and load a bunch of stuff on it to share. Uh, so was that, how did you end up doing that? Yeah, that was actually, um, I'm also a part of the VExpert application modernization sub program. So, um, Back in late December, I think it was, we got a challenge from from the guys leading uh, leading that program, uh, and the challenge was to to architect and and, and create a uh, solution for running Plex as a production um, uh, in like a production environment. So um, and. The 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 reason, or I think the point of of that challenge was to get people interested in TCE, Tensor Community Edition, uh, and and being able to learn more about it. Uh, and then again, being that to go through the process of learning things, I like to write about it. So I decided to okay, let's go all in and and do things step by step. So this article where 
care to talk about today. The, the Contour article is a part of, of that challenge. Uh, so for me, it ended up in like eight or nine articles, I think, uh, going through the deployment of the, the Tensor uh, Community Edition cluster, bringing up a load balancer, cert manager, uh, the Contour, uh, backup with Valero and, and all of this. So it was kind of a, a whole process of, of, of going so through. So this was a challenge like for from the vExpert subgroup, application subgroup, where they gave you not just a Plex server, but a list of things to go do to you know help you, one, understand the community edition, and two, become an expert in this space. Yeah, no, we didn't get like a list of things to do. It was the challenge was bring uh, you you design an architect and bring up a, a solution for running Plex in in a production like environment. Oh, I see. Okay, so all the components they revolved around that. You had to go yeah. do that, right? And that, yeah. that's what spun up the uh, the articles themselves. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so and I actually ended up winning the whole contest, which was kind of nice. Congratulations! So, nice. Thanks. Yeah, you get to. Did you? Is it a typical reward that VMware has, which is congratulations? You get to say you won, or did they actually uh, actually give you anything? I heard some rumors about loads of swag, but I haven't seen it yet. So yeah, that's yeah, this is very common. Someday. This is a very marketing strategy common. You know, we're all excited about running the campus, building a campus contest, you know, even announcing that we're gonna give away some stuff, but the actually the hard work of going and getting brand via to actually get some swag and then posting it to somewhere and paying the VAT on it in order to get it to you without charging you yeah. another extra hundred dollars. The 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 steps needed, it's actually easier to do uh, Tanzu setup and con uh, than it is to actually get a t-shirt sent to you. So I, I can, I feel their pain. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. So um, one of the things that I, I read in your blog, watched uh, in your blog, everybody should go to, you know, go check it out. Um, it basically, you know, is a great blog on all the steps to install Contour. So maybe we should just talk about Contour first. Um, what what is Contour? I mean, I know it does ingress control, but why don't we talk? What is ingress control, and what is Contour doing in your architecture here? Yeah, so so um, ingress is a way to kind of it it, it exposes the the um, HTTP or HTTPS sites from outside of the Kubernetes cluster uh, and maps that to to different Kubernetes services. So um, a service can can have um, can be of uh, a few uh, different types. Load balancer being one of them. Um, but I think, well, especially in in the public cloud, if you're if you were exposing your your Kubernetes resources to a load balance service every time, you will spin up a lot a lot of uh, load balancers, which will uh, bring uh, a lot of cost in the end. So and, and ingress is a way to kind of have one entry point uh, into the the cluster and then map from there to the different services. So it's kind of a, a, a proxy. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, yeah, it's like a load balancer proxy kind of environment that's actually yeah. then directing traffic to the services as requests come in. Yeah. And also the, the load balancer service does thing on layer four and, and ingress can do 
layer seven, obviously. So so it's it, it's not just for uh, saving load balance resources, but but uh, yeah, but it, we can think of it as a proxy essentially. And then, then we have like uh, we have Ingress is, is comprised of a couple of um, uh, different components. We have the Ingress controller, which is kind of the, the control plane for for the Ingress um, resources, and then we have Ingress resources or other types of Ingress resources, which is where we um, put in some kind of a rule set to to say that this URL should go to this service and so forth. Would a Plex server need that? Yeah, if you think of a Plex server, you have uh, a lot of different entry points. You have the the, the web in, um, entry, of course, uh, but there are also other um, other entry points for for uh, discovery of the Plex server and so forth. So, I think I ended up with three or four different services and, and then you also have uh, you have to differentiate tcp and udp for instance uh, if you're doing layer four so so you will end up in, in a lot of services uh, in the end interesting all right nice um going through the the setup right um how long did it take you to you know get that set up i i could start by saying we have talked on this podcast before of how easy it is to get the kubernetes server up and running the community edition it's supposedly one or two clicks and away you go uh did you experience that or was it because <laughs> I, I listened to that and go yeah sure it is yeah that never that never yeah. goes that right wordpress well, I, the easiest stall ever but it, it's not it's not it yeah. never is no i i think i i spent i've spent loads of hours uh, setting this up partly because I, I wanted to learn uh, in a proper way uh, so and and with learning you 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 have you have to fail to learn kind of so so I would put up things and then tear it down put it up again tear it down put it up again and then do the blog post about it right so so for each and all, every of those blog posts eight or nine blog posts there are several hours behind that of course uh, but i think what's uh what i've spent most time with is the actual plex installation uh, and how to how to get that working right um, so it's less about the the infrastructure and getting yeah. uh the v the vmware payload up but actually just on the plex server itself Interesting. Uh, that brings me to my next topic, uh, which is the packaging repository, right? So I'm a, you know, I've installed Linux and CentOS, you know, a bazillion times, right? I used to tell people I wish I should have a dime for every time I set up a machine, right? But then I realized that they paid me more than that, probably. So I probably do have a dime for every machine I've set up. <laughs> so I've spent a lot of my my share setting up Linux packages and using repositories. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Tanzu TC. Eve repository that you're using to pull packages down and install stuff. Yeah, so so with TCE, uh, you have the the Tansu package repository, and this this is a, a repository of of uh, some some a, a lot of open source uh, products actually. So you have Control, you have things like Fluentbit, Harbor, you have. Uh, Valero for, for backup restore. 
uh, and a few others. So the, the package repository is the way to, to install those packages into your cluster uh, and, and configure them through, through a uh, configuration file. And, and then you, you'll have those services available to you in, inside the, the Kubernetes cluster. Um, it's, it's an easy, easy way to install. Uh, stuff, actually. They, they must have a URL. Maybe Tony Foster can go look for the URL that lists what's in the uh, the package repository for Tanzu, right? They must have a website that, that gives you everything that's available there, because that's one of the other things. It always seems like it's magic to figure out, you know, what's available that I could install, right? Unless I happen to find your blog, then I go, oh, he did this. Here's the repository, you know, projectregistry.com slash TCE says me. Okay. And you look at that and you go, okay, uh, how is he getting contour out of that? Right. Um, but there must be, there must be a place where they go list everything that's available. Yeah. You have on the Tensor Community Edition website, you have a, a menu option there for packages. So that will list uh, every package. Uh, and obviously, when you're in, in the CLI and are working with with your Tensu clusters, you'll you'll have the you'll install the the the, the path to the package repository, and then you can list them uh, directly in, in your CLI. You, you realize that was like a nice softball that I threw over home plate for you <laughs> to hit out of the park, which is in your blog article, list available package, Tanzu package repository yeah. list. And you run a command right in there, which I really like your blog article because it gives you the screenshots that you're running. So you can I hate when people give me examples, but don't actually show me the, the command, right? So I can see what the command is, but you've got it right there. Tanzu yeah. package available list, right? Yeah, and I, and I try to do both. So I, I give both the command because I like the copy paste and then also the the screenshot so so you can see what what is the expected result. So yeah, the, so. the only problem I have is when I copy and paste, but then I I, I I hack it, you know, because I'm putting it in as a you know blog text, and then I make a typo, and then I I get to yeah. everybody complain that I that I, that it, your command didn't work. But I really like it. Yours, I think yours is actually just screenshots, right? Um, which 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 is which is nice, but maybe not. Maybe that's blog editing. I don't know. But you got that there, uh, and then you check uh, the details of the package, right? So you can do a uh, you know go look at get contour community tanzu vmware.com uh, from the repository, and you know it goes and gets it. Right? Yep. And you and you you'll you'll get all the the, the values you need to fill out. Uh, some of them are. Are required. Some of them are not, uh, and, and the the package repository will will tell you all of that uh, as well. That's really nice. Right. And and I, and I would say that if you want to go learn a little bit more about Contour, uh, it's projectcontour.io, which I think you list in the blog article as well. So you can go read about uh, what's actually what's what's actually there. Um, question that I meant to ask you is like, what are you installing this on? What hardware do you actually have in whatever you wherever you're installing it? Is it a home lab or is it somewhere in production or somewhere in your work environment? Yeah. So so all of this. All, all of the things done in the Plex challenge is running on one uh, Intel NUC. Um, so uh, not that much of uh, hardware to... So I, I, I went on Amazon. 
I went, I went on Amazon and I looked at Intel Nooks and there's like about a, a zillion options for Intel Nooks. Um, how much memory and storage do you have on your Intel Nook? And uh, so, so this specific one was uh, ever, I think it was, yeah, this had 32 gigs of memory uh, and two terabytes of, of, um, of storage. Storage is, is for this project was not, I could, I could not do important. With, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I should say, what was, CPU do you have too? Like, is it i5? Uh, this was I7? the i. No, this was actually the i3. Ooh, all so, right. So yeah. Yeah, I wondered about that because I had heard rumors from William Lamb that oh yeah, he had the big huge server running that like yeah, you know, I think it was like a terabyte of memory, some huge amount. I'm just like, oh, I'm used to like running on you know. 32 gig, right? Like, uh, why, why do you need so much of everything, right? Um, so that's kind of cool that you're on an i3. We were looking at some nooks to buy for the guys on the community team, like give everybody a nook for Christmas or some. And I was just wondering, could I get away with an i3? Because an i3 only costs like 350 bucks on Amazon versus when you get up i7, you're at like $800, right? So it gets a little bit more pricey. And if we want to give everybody a cool the expert uh, gift, wouldn't it be cool to give everybody like a, a nook, right? Like that would be like yeah, a, yeah. Yeah, fun thing to do and you know how to how to deal with that. But I don't want to give people a nook that's useless, right? So interesting. They do have the i3 nooks out there and I was looking at them wondering if wondering if, you know, I'm not running workloads in production. I should be able to get things running. It might be slow, yeah. but it might it should be good, right? So everybody that's yeah. listening to this should be able to do that. Yeah, and it it obviously it depends on what you're wanting to run. Uh, so for for doing this Tansu community thing, uh, I could do with my laptop uh, actually. So so it doesn't require that much um, computing power. But I also work a lot of a lot with VRI suites, and the, I I can't I use my <laughs> next to to run VRA for instance because it it requires like twelve CPUs and, and stuff like that. So. It, it depends on what what your what you want to run. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, v realize is a different animal, but I have yeah. heard that Kubernetes was heavy, right? Like back, this was a year and a half, two years ago. Everything seems time warped because of the COVID. I think it's only a month ago from when I was working at VMware in the office, but it's actually two years ago. But a couple of years ago, uh, when we were messing with Kubernetes, uh, I think back then they had a pretty heavy. A heavy implementation where you did need, you know, like X number of CPU, you know, you, you couldn't put it on even a single machine. It felt like it was like something they wanted you to have multiple yeah. VMs running, et cetera. Um, but that's, this, this is good. The community edition I've heard is easier, lighter and, and works for you. So that's good. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, I guess the whole point with the, the community edition is, is to get people started with the Tansu uh, portfolio and, and try it out in in your own lab or your or your or your your laptop or what have you. Uh, so, so since you are in the application, you know subgroup, I can hit you with some application questions too, because <laughs> uh, and you are also a PSO doing doing work with customers. Uh, what's your sense of you know interest in 
you know, modernizing applications and running it on top of Tanzu or vSphere or Tanzu or Tanzu native. Uh, what's your impression in that? Is are, are people not quite there yet? Like, are they starting to ask you questions about that? I know you're learning about it and you're you're putting time. So we all assume that's where the industry is going. Just you're getting a sense of where everybody's at when it comes to customers asking you for advice and engagement. Yeah. From my point of view, I think the last three projects I work with with PSO has been, for, for my part, focuses on the VRLIS uh, suite. But all of those projects actually do uh, also do Tansu. So they uh, so they they do that through VCF, VMware Cloud Foundation. Right. Um, and and that was uh, for all of them uh, a huge part of. Doing the whole VCF thing was to was to have that platform uh, for for modern apps for ten, for Tanzu yeah. yeah 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 that's and I think yeah. two out of three uh, are trying or are looking for a migration from OpenShift to to something else and then Tanzu being being that other uh, thing. Okay, that's. Interesting to know, Raghu kind of says that, yes, we're getting a lot of interest in the field. Customers are moving there. Customers are moving to modern apps. They're going to build solutions on top of Kubernetes. And he's super excited about it. And he thinks that uh, we're, we're, we're moving in that direction. And then the second thing he talks about is, you know, multi-cloud and people putting this stuff in the cloud as well. So, um, yeah, that's it's interesting to hear from the field whether... How much of that is real versus how much of that is you know not real? Right? So good to know that. Um, so we've talked about your your platform. We've talked about um, your 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 blog and talked about some of the customer interaction that you have there. Um, I'll always kind of look at like where do you think this is going then? Like um, when you think about next year and your learnings with regards to Tanzu, um, what do you think interests you and the customers from the customer ability to kind of absorb this? What are the interesting areas that you're finding will start taking more of your time? Well, uh, first off, I, I must say I've been a bit surprised that um, it hasn't, we have been talking about containers for a lot of years, uh, but it has to kind of it, it has moved slowly, more slowly than than I would have expected. So I, I would imagine that with Tansu now coming in uh, with its full force uh, from from all of uh, VMware, we will do a lot more with it uh, in in my space at least. Talking to um, the infrastructure teams out there, um, so I, I expect it to be uh, a lot more talked about container containers, application modernization, and and Tansu in specific. Uh, and I think I think for VI admins, it, Tansu is kind of and Tansu Community Edition can maybe specifically is is something to really take a look at now. Uh, get your hands dirty, uh, learn about it, uh, and try it out on your own self, just to get a grip of what is this thing. VMware has done a great job, in my opinion, to kind of try to bridge uh, the, the VI admins and the developer teams 
uh, with Tansu. Um, and but now it's up up to us via VI admins to actually uh, to learn about it and, and, and use the technology that that is there uh, ready for us to to test out. And th and that takes me back to your blog and the CK CK. CKA exam resources, certified Kubernetes administrator. Um, do you as an IT administrator, do you think that's necessary to, you know, know the command set in order to control Kubernetes? Um, because I, you know, if you look at kube control and you look at what you need to do, how to configure YAML files, um, is that something that's worthwhile? And, and I know that we have some resources that, you know, can go point at Kubernetes education as well. And not necessarily Tanzu, but just coming up to speed. It's kind of like coming up to speed with Linux, right? Sooner or later, somebody had it. You have to learn Linux and you have to learn LS minus L. Everybody does, right? Because you're not going to really be an administrator very long if you don't know enough about Linux to, to, to run Linux, right? Um, so I guess oh. the question is, is it kind of the same with regards to Kubernetes and becoming an administrator for Kubernetes as well? I think um, since VMware has done a lot with Tansu uh, and bringing it bringing it in to vSphere, for instance, with with uh, vSphere Tansu, um, it's not maybe not necessary to do the TKA, but if you want to have a bit more understanding uh, and and if you are kind of like me, that when I want to learn something, I want to learn it. I want to learn everything about it. Uh, then, then the CKA is a great entry point, uh, in my opinion. And I actually did the CKA before I touched most of the Tansu stuff because I wanted to to have the kind of unbiased uh, entry into that kind of world and and, and see what 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 the source uh, right. wants us to learn. Right. Uh, kind of yeah. But I, I think some some kind of some kind of Kubernetes um, knowledge is is actually you you need to have some kind of Kubernetes uh, knowledge, but there are other resources as well. As well. Um, Tensor Community Edition is a great starting point, uh, and there are a lot of resources around that to to help you learn what you need to know uh, in that regard. And that, and that takes me back to your Plex application, that the Plex challenge, right? Because to me, you almost have to have that the application, not only learning Kubernetes, but getting an, an example application so you can see how all the parts are managed, right? Like, because if you don't have that full app, and I think somebody did like a grocery store app or a pizza ordering app, you know, a couple of years ago from VMware, uh, Dan something, or they used to have them on his podcast. And they'd always come with this app, which was a homegrown fake app called orderpizza.com or running a pizza restaurant online or something. And, and they had an example app so that you could see how you have the services, you have the connection points, you have to do all the steps. So I, I think the Plex service is actually a better one for that because it's real. And then you have something at the end of it that you could actually use. Um, yeah. And and I looked at like when I did I did home I did the Raspberry Pi putting Kubernetes on a Raspberry Pi and then I had a whole bunch of sensor little sensor PHP apps that you could run as workloads that would be deployed. It's not real because they don't have connection points. They're not web apps, right? Um, but at least you've got something that you you have to understand the application layer, what apps you're running, code compiled, and then those get deployed out to worker nodes. And without that whole interaction with the app as well, you don't really get a good sense of how this is all coming together, right? And mm -hmm. being used. 
Yeah, and, and, and I mean, there are tons of examples out there with step-by-step -step guides on how to get those kind of pizza apps up and running. But I think if you want to go a bit further, you need to do stuff from from, from scratch and, and build things your, on yourself. Uh, so that that's why the, that Plex challenge was so great because it kind of, you, you didn't get a, a pre-compiled script that you just could run. You had to do step-by-step uh, -step yourself. Um, so it was a great learning experience actually. Um, was the Valero backup part of that exercise? Because I, I see you have a blog article, and I, I will do a shout out, rudymartinson.com, R-U-D-I-M-A-R-T-I-N-S-E-N.com. Uh, you also have a deploy Valero for backup and restore for the Tanzu Community Edition. Was that part of that exercise, or was that is this just another article you did? I had that as a part of the challenge, because being a production environment, you need to have some kind of a, a backup and restore. Uh, so I put that in as well because uh, yeah, yeah, that simulates uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get the uh, on some of these services. Um, do they give you free test accounts, or do you have to buy said service? Yeah, so so I think all of those uh, packages I've used are open source tools, so okay. everything is is free, uh, and and that's also the point of the the. Tensor Community Edition that everything is is available for free, uh, and then if you want, and, and that's actually also something we get uh, some questions about in the field is why why do we need to buy a license for running Tansu with and then use those packages and and buy a license for it when it when the stuff is open source, and the answer to that. When you buy that license, you also get uh, to call VMware for support on those open source packages, which you you want with the community edition, obviously. But but the the, the licensed versions of Tansu will get uh, VMware support. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you know that's why Red Hat exists, right? Like because you know, it's, yeah. it's all Linux it's open source. But uh, when you have issues and you want somebody to call. You know, it was scrolling through forms is nice. You can get answers, but it's sometimes like 50% of the time the answers don't work. And then you're like, you have to call somebody and uh, the yeah. issue, they have a, and if they don't, they can go write code to fix it and get you a patch. Right. So like sooner or later you, you'll get resolved on that. So that's neat. Any articles that you're thinking about working as you go forward? Oh, um, well, I have this, other series that I have done, which is not Tansu specific, but it's more on the de realized side. Uh, so I, I did uh, a couple of years ago kind of um, how to bring up a nested lab environment, uh, which you could uh, order from VRA. So I'm, I'm thinking of doing a refresh on that. And that's Previous series was done on VRA seven. Now I'm thinking of doing it on VRA eight. It's kind of kind of a way to to have our. I, this wouldn't run in a in my lab environment at home, but uh, it's kind of a way for our other, the other consultants in my team to order a hands-on labs in our company uh, lab environment. So that would be the next project, I think. Nice, nice. 
Well, Norway and your North Sea oil fields are doing well. The economy is doing yeah. well. So hopefully you guys can <laughs> keep on uh, keeping on. And uh, with oil prices where they are, you guys should should have a little mini boom there, right? If you're lucky, yeah. so that'll 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 be good for, for Norway, right? I think that's good to have that. Um, all right. Well, we're coming up to the top of the hour. I, I usually will ask, do you have a Twitter handle or uh, other ways to, for people to follow you? Where do you recommend people go for learning uh, anything about Kubernetes and Tanzu, as well as how do they follow you? Other than your blog, obviously, which we've repeated several times here. So are you on Twitter or you go to your blog? Are people able to comment on your blog? How do they interact with you if they have questions? Yeah, I, I do not have comments on my blog anymore uh, because of all of the GDR and, and all yeah. of that yeah. uh, mess. But I am on Twitter, so my Twitter handle is uh, my name, uh, Rudy Martinsen, R-U-D-I-M-A-R-T-I-N-S-E-N. -E um, nice. So, so we have that. And for, for doing Kubernetes uh, articles, go to to the concept.vmware.com and you'll you'll have lots of, of stuff going to going on there uh, with also which also has uh, links to, to learning uh, the, the Kubernetes Academy for instance which is uh, sure the Kube yep. Academy yep. uh, which is the VMware uh, resource so that that's that's all you need to get started yeah yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. go to your blog, rudymartison.com, uh, R-U-D-I-M-A-R-T-I-M-S-C-N, and uh, give him a tweet, say hello. I'm sure he'll follow you back. Good to go. Um, as we finish up here at the end of the, the hour, question for you. We always talk about uh, barbecue uh, here in the U.S. because it's lunchtime. Can we do this podcast over lunch? So we're always hungry. Uh, and we are on uh, YouTube at The Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. Uh, go over there if you want to see what Rudy looks like. We'll have him up on the front page of the YouTube channel. You can watch us there if you want to check us out. Um, and uh, yeah, see what it looks like. Uh, so question for you, Rudy. Does uh, in, in Norway, do they actually have barbecue? I mean, my, my <laughs> grandfather's from Denmark and, and uh, all they had was pickled herring, right? So I don't know if, oh. we, I don't know if you do barbecue, um, but if you do, what's your favorite barbecue or do you ever get around to doing your own barbecue? And if so, what do you do? Yeah, we, we do barbecue, of course. Um, not that much now in the winter, but we are, we're closing up on the, in the spring. So, so I think maybe that the barbecue will come out this weekend but we do a lot of chicken actually that's kind of the i thought you would do like i'm thinking norway fields you would do lamb or goat <laughs> or something you know like it's uh chickens they got they got chickens yeah, yeah. well well we now, do you my, smoke my or do you use sauce no no uh, I'm not that uh, sophisticated as you you guys are. So uh, you, you it, just it put it on be... and put some barbecue sauce on, and away you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all right. Um, I, With three little kids, always hungry, so we don't have time for for cooking for for a long time. So. Yeah, there, there's yeah. If you if you have children, uh, that's a lot of fun. You can have a lot of fun. 
Uh, I, I'll do one last barbecue story and then we'll let everybody go. Um, I'm sitting around a grill and my little kid comes up, Mikey, you know, he's like six years old and he's watching and I have the barbecue sauce on a brush and I'm like, Oh, look, see, it's the barbecue sauce brush. And he, and he, he looks at, Oh yeah. And then I just slap him across the face with it. Right. And I barbecue, I got give him, I give him a sauce and he had his mouth open. So some of it like went right in his mouth and from now on, now that I'm older, he barbecues because he's married and he's a, and this is just a, a lesson. Do not do anything to your children that you don't want them to do back to you when you're get when you get older, right? Because yeah. they will seek their revenge. They will, they will get back. They will get back. You will be older and you will think about it and chuckle and go, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. Right. So they are adults much longer than they are children. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks a lot for being a blogger, being a be expert, uh, and you know, producing the content and uh, learning and the journey and promoting VMware. I appreciate all of it. So uh, thanks a lot uh, for being on the show, Rudy, and uh, and thanks for being a blogger. Thanks for having me. This was great. All right. All right, we'll be back again next week. And until then, go get some barbecue and then enjoy your life. And we'll see you soon. Not off yet.